Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. Professional as always. You're welcome, people. I mean, there are some people who go, how high a level of professionalism do you need to have in order to have a podcast or a radio program like you do? Now you know the answer. You're welcome. There is a very, very low barrier to entry. Uh, If you can scrounge up enough money for a cell phone or a laptop, you're good to go. So, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing holding you back except your own skill with words. So if you happen to be a verbose individual uh, who, who looks at the world in a different way, then uh, you too have a shot at uh, talking into a microphone and uh, everyone judging you for everything you say. I uh, had a friend send me a thing this morning, actually. It was hilarious because I don't. Uh, he, he, he sent me a screenshot of, I guess, last week's program, and, and somebody got tickled again because uh, they think I pick on women too much. Uh, you know what? It wasn't a woman. It was a female pastor. And it's like not noticing a midget in the NBA. It's like, you're not supposed to be there in the first place. You're standing on a basketball court holding a baseball. What are you doing there? Plus, you're a midget. I know. See, I've endeared myself to all of my female audience in less than two minutes. Uh, I, I, I did peruse how to win friends and uh, influence people some time ago, but I may need a refresher. Uh, the point is this. All right. She calls herself a pastor. The words came out of her mouth. If it was a man, I would have been as harsh. And I have been. But apparently certain people only hear the name of female pastors and they get bent out of shape. They never hear when I mention other ones. Look, wrong is wrong. A lie is a lie. The things that came out of her mouth was not a joke. It wasn't a dumb joke. This woman actually thinks this highly of herself. What was it? Pastor Annette or some ridiculous name. So again, if you don't want me to notice midgets in the NBA, don't put midgets in the NBA. That's all I got to say. See, look, we started off on the wrong foot. It's Thanksgiving week. Uh, We are recording this program today. Let's see. It is November the 10th. Oh, no, it's not. It's November 22nd. (laughs) See, there you go. That's how you know how hectic my life is. I don't, I don't even know what day of the month it is. I know today's Wednesday because uh, we, we got surprised this morning with a text message from our kids' school saying, no school today. And my wife's like, but I need to go to work. And I'm like, I need to record the radio program because, you know, Gino, after he has his turkey tomorrow, he's not going to be good for anything. So I couldn't record it on the day of. 
So uh, we, 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 we sort of uh, got together and had a brain melt, me and the wife. And uh, I'll be home uh, before noon, and then she can go into work. Because that's the way the cookie crumbles. So we are recording this today, Wednesday, November the 22nd. Uh, and tomorrow is Thanksgiving. And I know that some of you don't think you have anything to be thankful for. I assure you that you do. Uh, the big news of the day, at least as uh, far as I'm concerned, as far as my personal opinion goes, is that the Israeli government approved a four-day pause, a ceasefire, in exchange for 50 hostages. So uh, I, I do hope and pray this goes through. I do hope and pray those hostages get home safe and alive. Uh, they shouldn't have been hostages to begin with. And anybody that doesn't see um, the situation for what it is, because uh, I'm still, I'm still, you know, firing off emails. They're not angry because I don't get angry. I just get even. I kid. See, there you go. Now the person that complained about me talking about pastorettes uh, has, has cannon fodder. Look at him. Look at him. He said he gets even. No, I just, how, how can I? I'm just a guy in Wisconsin trying to stay warm and talking into a microphone. I've got no influence over this world. The only thing I can do is pray that this has a peaceful resolution. I told you how I felt about the whole deal. I hoped that Israel doesn't become like the enemies they're trying to eradicate, and that's that. But if, if 50 people can, can come out of this alive, uh, it's worth the ceasefire. I, are they going to stop altogether? Likely not, because neither is Hamas. So if Hamas doesn't stop, uh, I'm sorry, every person has a right to defend their life, whether they're Israeli or not. So uh, things that happened this week uh, that, that true, it, it, how do I put this? There are very few things in this life that give me genuine pleasure. Uh, watching my girls uh, play or draw or sing or come up with some quirky joke give me pleasure. Uh, spending time with my family gives me pleasure. Uh, being here once a week and just allowing myself to be honest and forthright with you and talk to you gives me a certain level of pleasure. One other thing that gives me pleasure is watching the left implode. And by the left, I don't mean Democrats, because that's not the issue anymore. It hasn't been for many years. It's people that have a certain mindset. So I was, I was reading this this morning, and I sort of chuckled to myself. If you don't know what that means, it's a, the new way of saying chuckled, you know. It's like the people that talk about the economy. Uh, the economy isn't looking too good. Uh, yeah, I, I chuckled to myself I, uh, because... Uh, transgender activists attacked feminists holding an event for humans for women's rights. So I saw the the title itself. Uh, it, it 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 solicited hilarity from deep within uh, my bowel. It was hilarious to me because this is what happens when when you know it, it's idiots feasting on idiots. Because feminism, that's what it is. I'm sorry. Look, God created man. God created woman. We are equal, yet different. I know. It's a, but women can do everything men can. Not so much. 
Let's be honest. But then again, men can't do everything. Women can. We've had this conversation, but some people are still stuck on it. God created man with a purpose. God created woman with a purpose. So uh, women fighting for feminism and uh, transgenders pretending to be women, uh, beating the snot out of women fighting for women's rights. To me, I'm sorry, I know, that's an infantile and juvenile sense of humor. Did I present myself as otherwise to you? What makes me laugh makes me laugh. Male transgender activists allegedly attacked several women who were holding a sidewalk protest for women's rights in Portland, Oregon on Sunday. I'm waiting for uh, transgender individuals to accuse women of not being real women. It's going to get to that. The mental illness doesn't stop. It's not like, oh, I'm mentally ill, but not mentally ill enough to uh, assume I'm a real woman. Okay, I'm mentally ill enough to assume I'm a real woman, but I'm not mentally ill enough to assume real women aren't real women. It's going to happen. It has to happen. At some point, it will happen. So I'm waiting for, for male transgender activists to accuse real biological women, them women that can actually have babies, you know, uh, <laughs> of not being real women. You're a fake woman. You have ovaries, but they're fake ovaries. We're the real women. We're men. I know. This is the level of crazy that we're dealing with. And you wonder why I keep talking about mushroom clouds. How much worse can it get? What is it? Uh, uh, a museum now claims that a Roman emperor was transgender. They have no proof of this. He had, you know, effeminate features, sure, but that doesn't stop. But they're trying to shoehorn this ideology in, even though it's destructive of society, it's destructive of culture, it's destructive of the family. And all those women, dare I say the fag hags, because they used to call themselves that, that really pushed this, oh, it's beautiful that a man can put on a dress. Now they're getting the snot beat out of them by the men putting on dresses because uh, they're protesting for women's rights. I know. I, see, it, look, if the church was at the standard God expected it to be, we, we could all have a chuckle over this. But if we look at the church and what's happening in our own backyard, it's hard to laugh at it, isn't it? Because everywhere you look, there's something. I know, male pastors too. Not just women pastors that think they went to heaven in a porta potty. Or one that says, you know, my juju's so strong that, you know, being around me will, will, will make you drool like an invalid. Uh, feminist writer Leary Keith took to social media to reveal that four of us are at the ER. Slow clap. Slow clap. After being attacked uh, by a mob of men, we are in good spirits and remain undefeated. Yes, you do and are, uh, Keith added. A mob of men attacked us, pepper sprayed us in the eyes, punched us, kicked us, and stole our phones. We were attempting to have an event about male violence. <sighs> See, even this woman, this, this 
feminist icon, writer of women's liberation and feminist doctrine, didn't dare go against the transgenders because she knows on the you know victimhood ladder, she's one rung below the transgenders. So she couldn't accuse them of beating the snot out of her. It was a bunch of men. Lady, it was a bunch of men in dresses and makeup and wigs with their nails painted. So let's call it what it is. Keith, along with the Women's Declaration International, a group of volunteer women from across the world dedicated to protecting uh, women's sex-based rights, were trying to hold an event in support of women's rights at a public library in Portland. On Monday, Keith also posted photos of the bruises she sustained from the trans attack. She didn't call it a trans attack, but if it's a guy with a beard wearing a dress, then it's a trans. So, uh, again, the disingenuousness. A bunch of men attacked us. No, real men don't beat up women. I'm sorry, we don't. We don't walk around going, I, I got to find a woman a throat punch. Now, if the woman happens to have an Adam's apple, then it's not really a woman, is it? But real men don't beat up women. That is, we need to stop buying the narrative and the nonsense that's being brought. Every man is toxically masculine. Every man's a predator. My wife does jujitsu. All right, I'm bigger than she is, so likely I could take her if I had to. But she could hold her own, believe you me. And because people know me, even though my wife comes home with bruises. What was it? The other day, Melina, the little one, kicked my wife in the eye, and she had a black eye for a few days. Not one person that she ran into, did your husband do that? Because they know me. I would never hit my wife, no matter the, the situation. And most men won't ever hit women. Now, there are women, mind you, and I know this is going to endear me once again to my female audience. Deep down, you know I'm right. There are women who push the envelope and really, really, really try to get hit. Because I've seen some. One lady in a parking lot was scratching a man's face, spitting at him, just calling him all sorts of names for no other reason than uh, he, he, he tapped her car as she was backing out so she wouldn't run into him as he was putting his empty shopping cart back. And that so offended her that he touched her car so he wouldn't get run over, that she got out and she started screaming, screaming and spitting and scratching at his face. He never hit her. He just stood there trying to, you know, bob and weave. But if anyone was asking for it, this lady had the treasure map. So let's, let's just agree that some people really are looking to get their face rearranged. Maybe, I don't know, it's, it's self-hatred. Maybe it's guilt. I don't know. But some people really are looking for it. Now, uh, this uh, cabal of feminists 
didn't come right out and say, uh, you know, it was transgenders, but that's what it was. A selection of my bruises from yesterday, Keith posted photos. I also have a lump on the back of my skull from being punched. See, because that's, that's the thing, though. Even if it's wearing a dress, a man has more force per ounce in his punch than a woman. He also have, has greater bone density. So if a woman would have punched you, you likely wouldn't have a lump on the back of your skull. In case anyone still had any questions, this is violence against women, Keith wrote. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. They were beaten and spray painted and punched in the face and sprayed with mace by trans activists. Feminists were supposed to be the allies of the trans activists, weren't they? Uh, I didn't realize how blinded I was going to be and in a lot of pain, one WDI member could be heard explaining in a video post on X, which is Twitter. I, I, uh, that name change is annoying. We turned the corner and they just started attacking everybody. I was next to Leary and they blinded her too. They started hitting her and hitting her. These brave women kept standing there calmly and letting these people attack us, she added. Only one or two passerbys tried to help us. But you would have rejected the help. Isn't that the whole point? Feminism is supposed to nullify any sort of chivalry. Men are not supposed to step in to help you when other men in dresses are cleaning your clock. Girl power. Isn't that it? I mean, why would a guy step in to stop a guy in a dress from beating you when you would likely get angry at the guy? I could have done it myself. Apparently not. The lump on your skull proves it. Sorry to say. But in the moment, you, kind, you probably would have gotten angry at the guy and then you and the transgender would have started beating up a guy that tried to step in and break up the fight. <sighs> Only one or two passerbys tried to help us and then they started yelling at him. It looked like they were going to fight the guy that was just trying to keep these guys off of us. These transgenders. Don't, don't, don't lump all men in. There was one guy, toxically masculine as he was, that said, hey, don't beat up those silly women. They're supposed to be on your side. One video showed two WDI volunteers with red eyes suggesting that they had just been pepper sprayed. The attackers deliberately targeted our phones and cameras, the group said. This is from immediately after when some of the women who had been pepper sprayed went into a grocery store to rinse their eyes in the restroom. In another video, a man can be heard shouting, you're bigots at the feminist as well as how is it to know that the Proud Boys are on your side? The Nazis are on your side, huh? How is that? 
So the transgenders were angry at the feminists because the feminists uh, did not support the transgender community vocally enough. Uh, And that's what's happening in Portland. So, you know, welcome to the new America, kids. These factions are going to keep destroying each other and eating at each other. And if not for the fact that what they leave in their wake is utter chaos and destruction, I'd be more than happy to just sit by and watch. But it's not as though this is happening in a vacuum. It's not as though this is happening without consequences. Pardon me while I sip from my delicious beverage. Yes, dark, black, and hot. So half of me wants to keep laughing at it. Half of me is wondering when normal folks are just going to have enough. Because it is affecting society. It is destroying the fabric of civility. Now, for things you never thought you'd hear, New York City Mayor Eric Adams calls Biden's illegal immigration inflow unfair to taxpayers amid more budget cuts. Well, well, well. Speaking of uh, the snake eating its own tail, huh? New York City. Mayor Eric Adams says President Joe Biden's inflow of border crossers and illegal aliens by the tens of thousands every month is unfair to American taxpayers. But weren't you the one standing there glowing with benevolence, glowing with magnanimity? And saying, bring us your poor. Well, they brought you so many poor, you're spilling over the sides, kid. Huh? Now, Mayor Eric Adams is saying that this is unfair to the American taxpayer. It's been unfair to the American taxpayer for decades now, son. You called him son. Stop. People looking to get offended don't need to look too hard. You're always going to find something to be offended about, like the woman pastor thing. I thought the NBA and midgets was a fun comparison, but what do you mean? Women don't belong behind the pulpit? Read your Bible. I'm not going to pass judgment, but I can tell you what the Bible says. I know, But that was Paul, and he was a misogynist, and you're a misogynist just like him. Well, I mean, given that that he wrote quite a number of books that are incorporated in the New Testament that make up the Holy Bible, I would perhaps uh, give heed to what the man had to say. The fact that God allowed these books to be included within the 66 books of the Bible should at least give us reason for pause when we go in the complete opposite direction of what the book says, yet still somehow think or suppose that we're being biblical. I'm not picking on women, but it's the women that come up with these absurd stories. Sorry, it's just the reality of it. 
I mean, for all his faults, and there are many, not a fan, not a watcher, I don't validate or thumbs up him, but Jim Baker never said he went to heaven in a porta potty. So there's that. So I, you pick on, I know, I just point out stupid. Whatever vessel stupid happens to come in, unconcerning to me. This, this, is, this is what came out of its mouth. Her, he, it, she, them, they, whatever. All right? That is what came out of their mouth. There was no preface, this is just a joke. It's a bad and horrible joke. I wish I'd never told this joke, but I'm going to tell this joke. It wasn't a joke. This woman really thinks this highly of herself. With absolutely nothing to back up her claims. It's like those, those guys on YouTube that rent a Lamborghini for a day and say, I'm a billionaire and I'm going to teach you how to be a billionaire. But in order for me to teach you how to be a billionaire, you got to send me $500. But I thought you were a billionaire. Why, why, why do I need to send you 500 bucks to teach me how to be something you are if you're already so rich that, that money means nothing to you? And they come up with a reason too. I, I, need to, I need to figure out that you're serious about this. I can't just give it away. So to me, $500, that's what I tip the guy that just, you know, shines my shoes in the morning. But I still need you to send it to me so that I can tell you're serious. Can we please? I know. I know. Some people are on a quest to defend the indefensible. Some people are on a quest to defend the unbiblical. Well, Godspeed to you, but I'm not going to play along. Simple as that. See, because now I'm getting angry. And it's the day before Thanksgiving. I'm going to stop this in about 30 minutes. I'm going to go home to my kids. And I'm not going to go home angry. Because people don't understand it. This is what the Bible says. Whether you like it or not is inconsequential. Whether you think it's fair or not is inconsequential. Whether you think that's the way it should be or you think it should be different, inconsequential. This is what the Bible says, period. End of story, done. All right, see? See what you made me do? See what you made me do? Anyway, just in case you didn't know it, migrants get free turkeys for Thanksgiving ahead of low-income New Yorkers. <laughs> Welcome. I, I'm, is, is Mayor Adams the one handing out the turkeys? I'm assuming not, given that he's become uh, such vocal opposition of endless migration, all on the back of uh, U.S. taxpayers. But that's mean. It's the reality. I'm an immigrant. I immigrated legally. I pay my taxes every year. All right? If somebody wants to immigrate legally, Godspeed. If you run across the border or swim across the river and expect everyone else in this country to pay your way for the next 30, 40 years, sorry, I got kids to feed too. This should be a lot happier program than it is today, shouldn't it? But look, everything that's happening, this is what we focus on. Why do you pick on women? No, I pick on stupid. That's what I pick on. 
I pick on things that are so blatantly unbiblical and so beyond the imagination of anything having to do with truthfulness that people who don't get it just, I, I can't help you. By the way, did you know that existing home sales plummet to levels not seen in 13 years? I know. Who said that, that uh, <laughs> housing was about to take a – I don't know. I, I heard it. I heard it through the grapevine. Uh, somebody said real estate was about to kaput. Uh, it's just the beginning. And uh, one thing that they haven't figured yet, one thing that is going to come out at some point, because it has to, is that the new home sales, because this is existing home sales, they're down a lot. Uh, they're, let's see, they, they in more than... 13 years, the existing home sales have not been so low. But everyone's like, well, the new home sales, they're still going strong. The reason that new home sales uh, don't seem to be affected, and yes, I just did the air quotes. I hate myself now. Uh, the reason new home sales don't seem to be affected is because the property developers are funding a portion of the new home mortgage rates. That's, that's, that's the dirty little trick. In order to keep the numbers pumping, in order to get the mortgages through, the developers that are building new homes are, are funding a portion of the new mortgage rates. Uh, it's not. Oh. <sighs> It is not looking good as far as the economy, but that's okay. I'm sure that some uh, female pastor somewhere is going to prophesy that all you need to do is write a check and you'll get a 1,000% return. Imagine that. That's amazing, isn't it? So what else is happening in this world of ours? Well, there, there's one bright spot, and I'm not, you know, I'm not holding out a lot of hope. But still, the fact that everyone's gone crazy over it, again, reason to make me smile. Uh, there's a, a guy that got elected in Argentina. Uh, Javier Malay, I think was his name. Uh, libertarian president. And uh, look, they're, they're not going to let him do everything he wants to do because this, this, this was the the trap that America fell into in 2016. They elected the orange man and they thought that, that he had free reign to do everything he proposed. And there were so many barriers and there were so many roadblocks and there were so many people of his own party trying to undermine the man that although he got more than anyone expected done, it wasn't everything he wanted to do. So I'm assuming the same thing is going to happen to Javier Millet but the fact that everyone is losing their minds over the fact that this man won uh, is, uh, is interesting to watch. And uh, now the Netherlands today are having their election. And uh, if there is another upset in the Netherlands, or the Netherlands, as some people call them, um, then we're beginning to see a pattern that 
reveals one undeniable truth that is going to scare the globalists into even more heavy-handed action. The people do not want the globalism that the elites are offering. You see, anytime that people have a free and fair election, they elect guys that aren't globalists. They elect guys that don't toe the line of you own nothing and be happy. They elect people that are populists. They elect people that are for the little guy. And I don't think that there could be many more of these elections where the underdog and the little guy and the person they least expected to win wins and call it a fluke. Now, last I checked, since uh, the Pope has not announced his transition, he is still technically a man. So I'm going to talk about a man. I know. You only talk about the women's. No. See, look. Il Papi. He's a guy. Well, he's not a guy's guy, but, you know, technically passes for a guy. Uh, the Buddha and Jesus are great healers. The Pope said, as Rome and the Buddhists join forces. The Vatican continues leaving a trail of bad theology and ecumenicism in its wake, with the the Castory for Interreligious Dialogue releasing a joint statement with the Mahamakut Buddhist University, Chinese Buddhist Order of Sangha in Thailand, and others on a recently held Buddhist Christian colloquium. Huh. So do you get the feeling that leaders of major religions are getting together to consolidate power and the minute they have all the power they need, they're going to begin to silence, persecute, and exterminate uh, those with opposing views. I know, American prophetic, but it's not really. You could see this coming. As Buddhists and Christians, are you though? I'm talking about Christians. Buddhists, eh, you are, but Christians are, are, are supposed to have the mindset of there only being one way. Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So if uh, we bring Buddhists under the great tent of whatever Catholicism has become, then we are nullifying the words of Jesus, are we not? As Buddhists and Christians, we see the Buddha and Jesus as great healers. The Buddha pointed to greed and Jesus to sin as the cause of suffering. On many levels, Jesus and the Buddha proposed love and compassion as medicine to drive out the darkness in the human heart and the world. Really? Is that what Jesus proposed? Compassion and love? 
I, I, you know, I may have missed one Sunday school class, but what Jesus proposed as medicine to drive darkness out of the human heart and of the world was repentance. That's what Jesus proposed. Denying yourself, picking up your cross, and following him. See, it's, it's repentance in the light of Christ that drives out the darkness in the human heart, not some esoteric love and compassion. Stop, you're embarrassing yourselves. But you can't help yourselves, can you? Because you're hoping there's enough dumb people that, that, that don't read their Bibles, that don't know what Christianity is, to go, oh, that's beautiful. Somebody should really put that in a Marshall's Goods store on like a piece of uh, driftwood, painted. Love and compassion are the medicine that drive out darkness in the human heart. Stop. Nourished by their respective spiritual teachings, Buddhists and Christians for thousands of years have adopted compassionate ways of living to address the suffering of life. This is just... Come on, really? Is anybody falling for this? Buddhist friends, you offer healing when you embody karuna. Excuse me? Compassion towards all beings taught by the Buddha. Or when you act selflessly as did Bodhisattva, who renounced entering nirvana and remained in the world to work for the alleviation of the suffering of all beings until their liberation. This is heresy. All of this nonsense. I, I, if you're Buddhist and you're listening to this program, then, then somewhere along the way you took a wrong turn. You should have never found this. All right? I know. It, it, you're on rumble and you, you put something in that you weren't supposed to and here we are. But I'm sorry, your religion is a false one. The Buddha just liked to eat and he goes, hey, if I tell people I'm a god, they'll bring me food. Kosher, sure, but not divine. <laughs> this is, look, I, all, all the priests that have been in the priesthood for longer than 20 years are, are just beside themselves. Any, any, anyone who looks at what's happening in Catholicism and, and doesn't blanch at the audacity of it is beyond help. Explaining that we need to reawaken the spiritual energy in our respective followers, the statement insists that because Christians and Buddhists each have their own religious classics and centuries of experience and wisdom, Christians have their Bible and Buddhists have their sutras and canons, we need to make these relevant to our wounded humanity and save the battered earth. So the Catholic hierarchy is insinuating that we can save the battered earth and heal the wounded humanity with either the Christian Bible or the Buddhist sutras, depending on however you land that day. Lord help us. This is the insanity that's going on in supposed Christian circles. I know, you're thinking to yourself, but Mike, that was just one example. 
Nay, nay. All right, this is your 30-second warning. If you got kids, send them away. Go, go send them out for a sarsaparilla because Atlanta pastor brings a vibrator and pornography on stage for a sermon illustration. See, and, and the, the not-so-nice guy in me wants to ask, did you get them out of your personal stash or did you send someone else to buy them? Just asking. This is insanity. Apostle Brian Meadows, another man. Look, it's not a woman. It's a man, at least for now. What happens next week when he decides he's Brianna, up to him. But for now, he's a dude. Apostle Brian Meadows is the co-senior pastor of Embassy International. I love that all of these, these, these churches that go sideways and start teaching heresy have the word international in their title at some point. Uh, pastor of Embassy International, a city church in Atlanta, presenting himself as an apostolic voice to this generation. Really? Well, they, has he met Pastor, what was her name, Annabelle Eloise? The two could get together and, and make like a apostolic super force. Sort of like uh, the Avengers of the apostolic movement. You just need a couple more people. The pink-haired lady might be in, be in for it. The porta potty chick. And then you, you could all stand on stage and, and you know, uh, like the Power Rangers. With these powers! No? I mean, I, I, I'm, an, I'm an ideas man. It may work. Because if people are still coming to this man's church and they're still following Pastor... I, what was her name? Annabelle? I don't know. Uh, then, yeah, there's apparently uh, there, there's enough dumb to go around. Presenting himself as an apostolic voice to this generation and serving as an apostolic covering for an international network of leaders. The, the, the pastorette last week also uh, focused on leaders, didn't she? She's a leader mentoring leaders. Well, here's another one that's the apostolic covering. Do, do they have the globe divided into a pie? I mean, does, does one of them uh, apostolically cover North America and the other Asia? I don't know. I, I'd like to know how it works. I'm just curious. who is known for his gift of revelation, apostolic insight, innovative strategies, and his tremendous heart to see transformation established in cities. During a recent sermon, <sighs> okay, I, I have to, I, I know you sent the kids away, but they may have returned. Um, he pulled out a blunt. If you don't know what that is, then you haven't been spending much time in the neighborhoods I grew up in, and that's okay. I don't judge. A blunt is a marijuana cigarette. 
He pulled out a blunt, some weed, a uh, phallic tool, and then a copy of Hustler magazine. Using these as graphic props, things went awry when Meadows looked in the pages of the pornographic magazine. and exclaimed that he thought it was a prop. So whoever provided the magazine for his uh, props, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. I, life's too short. It's Thanksgiving tomorrow, kids. You know what? This is, this is what churchianity has devolved into. Welcome. Ah, meanwhile, the clock is ticking. Things are a-happening. And much of the church is as asleep as ever before. That's the scary part. Not everything else. Not the wars, not the rumors of wars, not the pestilences. All these things we knew were happening. We knew we're going to happen. The scary part is that the church has selective amnesia when it comes to the things that these last days will look like. It's not that we don't see evil or hear evil or speak evil anymore. We just don't want to see the truth or hear the truth or speak the truth anymore because evil nowadays is is subjective isn't it we've allowed so much sin to corrupt the household of faith we've allowed so much compromise within the church that the idea and notion of righteousness are now Anathema. So when the supposed children of God begin to look down and disregard the word of God, when the supposed ambassadors of Christ want nothing to do with the Lord and King they claim to serve, what recourse is there but for the judgment of God to begin in the house of God and for God to separate the wheat from the chaff? Yet another spiritual juggernaut of our day. Not a woman. Not a woman. Kenneth Copeland. uh, Recently mixed his own blood with Jesus' blood and drank it during communion. Because why not? 
I mean, maybe the guy that was supposed to get him the Hustler magazine as a prop ran late. So he had to come up with something on the fly. Oh. <sighs> That's. Come on. Come on. I can't. Why? It's Thanksgiving tomorrow. Look. If you're looking for things to be thankful for, be thankful that God doesn't judge collectively. How about that? Be thankful that every single one of us as individuals will stand before the creator of all things and either hear, well done, good and faithful servant, or depart from me. Those are the two things you can hear. There's no third option. There's no, good try, Billy. You were almost there. Either well done or depart. So if you need a thing, a reason, something to be thankful for, be thankful that God doesn't judge collectively. Because if he did, we'd all be in trouble. The book is very clear, the soul that sins will die. Knowing this, make sure you're not the soul that sins. If you stumble, repent. God is in a forgiving mood, still. The day will come, not so much, but for now, repent and you will be forgiven. But if you think that God's going to let this generation slide because not enough people were speaking the truth. You got another thing coming. That's not the way God works. That's not the way God does things. The soul that sins will die. There's no addendum that says unless they have a really good excuse or unless they have a really good explanation or unless they can find somebody they could blame for their sin. So that's one thing to be thankful for. But there are countless others. Because more often than not, we ignore the blessings of God in our life. We pretend as though we don't see them. We pretend as though they're not blessings. We pretend as though we're entitled to them. As though God owes us somehow. He doesn't. But he's a good God and a good father. The other day, we were out to breakfast. My wife and I, my two daughters, and another couple. And... A couple of days later, I ran into the man with which we went to breakfast. And the thing that impressed him the most were how thankful my daughters were whenever somebody brought them water or whenever some brought them, somebody brought them milk or when the little one got the ketchup she asked for. 
he was very surprised that they were always thanking the individual. I mean, every time, like, thank you, thank you. Well, yeah, that's, that's how he raised them, to be thankful. To acknowledge what they have received from another and be thankful for it. Are you thankful to your Heavenly Father for all that he has done for you? For all that he has given you? And I'm not telling you to compare yourself to your neighbor or the guy that has the nicest house on the block. I'm not telling you to compare yourself to anyone. Because that's not what we're meant to do. When we receive from the hand of God, we're not supposed to look to the left and to the right to see if someone received more. We're supposed to look up and say, thank you, Father. And be grateful for what he's given us. So that's the big picture for this week. I know it went off the rails early, uh, but, you know, some things just get under my skin. It's it's temporary, but stop. I don't I don't hate women. I'm not targeting women pastors, but again, midgets in the NBA. So with that, I do have a request. Uh, There's a friend of ours uh, that's going through a trial. He's having some health issues. Uh, I would ask that you pray for my brother Roy uh, because we know God is able and that he's a good God, he's a good father. And he can do more than man can every time. So keep brother Roy in your prayers. Um, Have a happy Thanksgiving. Focus on the things that he has given you, not the things that you think you deserve. I think that's a, that's a good one. I, it's hard, though, isn't it? Because we all, we all have this, this high estimation of ourselves. We think we deserve more than we do. And when we don't get it, we get bitter. Thank God for what he's given you not for the things you think you deserve. And that will help you have a grateful heart. That will help you have a thankful heart. Help you look to those around you and begin to see yourself as a source of help for them. Even though you might not have much, even though you might not have anything, Sometimes a smile goes a long way. Sometimes just acknowledging a person's presence and saying thank you makes their day. Unless they happen to be a feminist and then, well, you know, they don't need your thanks. I kid. See, we're leaving it off with with joyfulness of heart. A moment of levity, if you will, but honestly, seriously. Look look at those around you and see where you could be a blessing. Because one day, someone might do the same to you. So anyway, see, I, I, I get thoughtful 
because I'm going to go home to my kids and, and they don't have school now until Monday. So for the next four days, uh, we're, we're going to be talking about thankfulness and being thankful. Not just for the things that we can see and touch and feel, but for all the things that God has done for us that we never knew he did. And there's a lot of those. Believe me, there's a lot of those. So thank you for listening. God bless you. God keep you. Thank you for your prayers. Keep Brother Roy in your prayers. Keep this ministry in your prayers. And uh, hopefully, Lord willing, unless, uh, you know, Gino's turkey coma doesn't wear off until next week, we'll be with you. So, uh, Gino, everyone is waiting with bated breath for your profundity. (laughs) It's all yours. Thank you, Mike. A lot to be thankful for. Um, last night we had giving meal and I looked around the room, you know, I saw people that were once homeless, people that I know have gone through tough times, people that in your community, a microcosm of the poor. Jesus said, you'll all have them among you. But I saw another thing, a lot of smiles, a lot of thankfulness from having a hot meal. You know, you think about just that blessing alone, food, shelter, clothes. Those are all blessings, big ones. And when you see people that have gone without those blessings, you're more thankful when you have them. Uh, We had a guy come last night who'd been 35 years homeless on the streets, literally. And now he's in our transitional housing building uh, that I run uh, in my hometown. And just guys that uh, veterans, 77, he came to the meal last night homeless, and we gave him a bed last night. Apart from hand to help, I've been working with the homeless for 35 years in my hometown. And through God's providence, we got a couple buildings that – the Lord helped us get to help these guys. So when you see your hot Thanksgiving meal, thank the Lord for it. and Be thankful because it's a blessing, gift. And your family and your friends, your church, and the Lord, number one. Thank you for listening to the Light of Truth radio broadcast. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you. They are all leaving.